0: Healthcare is broken, and the healthcare industry is not going
1: to fix itself. Reconstructing Healthcare is a podcast series where we interview the rebel entrepreneurs working tirelessly to disrupt the health insurance marketplace. Join us as we break down everything that's wrong with the current healthcare system and provide you with a blueprint to create better results. Now here's your host, Michael Maneri. Hello, this is Michael Maneri, and I want to welcome everyone to the Reconstructing Healthcare Podcast. Today, our guest is Shane Foss from Hooray Health. Shane, welcome to the show.
0: Hey, thanks, Michael. Really appreciate
1: it. All right. Well, here's the game plan. Uh, What we seek to do here on this show is challenge status quo purchasing and educate our audience on non-traditional ways to either lower their healthcare costs or improve the value of what they're providing to their employees. Sound like something you want to help with?
0: Absolutely. That's our focus.
1: So, with over 20 years of tenure as an executive in the medical industry, Shane Foss became frustrated with how underserved Americans were with the current health care options. He set out to make a change and in 2018 achieved this goal through launching Hooray Health, an unconventional health insurance company dedicated to providing affordable, basic, and urgent health care alternatives to high deductible health plans. Through Hooray Health, Foss and his team focus on offering peace of mind to lower income individuals and families who face medical challenges while also providing business owners with an affordable way to reward and retain employees. Throughout his professional experience, Foss has negotiated complex multi-million dollar contracts, worked in medical practice marketing, created business strategies, and optimized P&L. He holds an MBA from Rice University's Jones School of Business, bachelor's degree from the University of the Incarnate Word, and a surgical technologist certificate from the United States Air Force. All right, Shane, anything else you'd like to add to that? No, I'm just uh, happy to be here. All right. <laughs> You have a long history of working in in various aspects of the healthcare industry, the medical device industry, operating a national network for electrosurgical procedures. So tell us a little bit about that background and how you came to starting an insurance company.
0: Really kind of did everything backward. I joined the military, the the recruiter, I, I had no idea what I wanted to do. And I went in and the recruiter said, what do you want to do? And I said, I have no idea. And so he said, you know, you think you'd like surgery? And I said, man, that sounds really interesting. Tell me about it. And he goes, well, you know, one of my buddies is a, was a surgical technologist. He explained it. And I said, you know what? That sounds great. You know, I was 20 years old at the time. What did I know? And, uh, but I fell in love with it and it was a great experience. The air force I spent four years there. It taught me a lot of humility, gave me a lot of compassion for patients. And so uh, that was, you know, I spent four years there and while I was in the military, I was in San Antonio. I was at Wilford Hall." I worked weekend nights and I worked 40 hours over the weekend. I went to school full-time during the week and I got my degree while I was in the military. From there, I got out of the military and went to J&J and was selling medical device, but I started on the bottom (laughs) and uh, worked my way up and then was striker. And it really kind of gave me an idea of how the machine works on the outside, right? With how the health systems work and how, you know, all of the support system, right? Whether it's the providers, the lab and... You know, pharmacy, and so it really gave me a good good foundation. And uh, after I left Stryker, I ended up uh, with a uh, with a company that basically what we did was we created a national network of fixed pricing for surgical bundles for large self funded employers. You know, in healthcare, what you learn is there's no correlation between cost and quality. We really built that correlation, and what we found was, you know, we were able to save, you know, just off the basic price, you know, fifty to sixty percent, but That wasn't the important part. The important part was we had a quality component to that. And so what most people don't realize is that, you know, you could have a bad surgeon with a bad outcome and pay a hundred thousand dollars for a procedure with the best surgeon and the best outcome for 20,000. I mean, it makes no sense, but in healthcare, that's the way it works. I led that initiative and we, um, uh, we ended up selling that company and, uh, I was, uh, really looking for my next opportunity. And, um, I was in good shape, and, but I was doing a lot of computer work. I was consulting and my back went out. And so I went into an urgent care, which is where we really get care. And it was the worst pain I'd ever had. And I had a, uh, I had a Buca plan and I had a $6,000 deductible. And I went in and it was a $75 copay. I said, Hey, I haven't even come close to my deductible. Like a lot of us, can I just get the full amount so I don't get a balance bill and just make sure I understood what the price was. And they said, Oh, $150 global fee. So they gave me an extra an x ray on my neck, they found a little bone spur. Said, This my guess is that that's irritating your nerve root, which is causing the inflammation, this pain. So, they gave me two injections a muscle relaxer and an anti inflammatory. Well, three weeks later, I get an $800 balance bill. So, I call them up and I said, Hey, why do I have a balance bill for $800? And they said, Well, you know, your insurance company actually has a carve out. And I was like, Okay, so carve out means it's not covered. So, I negotiated down to you know, less than a hundred bucks. Yeah. So, I started doing some research and I found out that. Fifty-two percent of Americans would have just paid it, right? Yep. Not even a question. Eight percent would have done what I did, and then another forty percent would have literally let it go to collections or just prayed the bill went away. You make a lot of money or not, it just doesn't make any sense. But I looked at that as an opportunity that maybe uh, you know, understanding that millennials are really gravitating towards those retail clinics and urgent cares. You know, sixty-four percent would prefer them over a PCP. So I thought, you know what? Let's take a look at
1: the industry, and you know, the rest is history. All right. Well, we'll get into the uh, the specifics about uh, Hooray Health. Let's start with a question about you know our current you know healthcare system. We have this system that kind of consumes more and more of our disposable income every year. And a recent Kaiser Family Foundation report indicated that about all Americans who have insurance, over a third have difficulty affording either their health insurance premiums or their out-of-pocket healthcare expenses. So, while medical inflation's gotten lower, I mean, we still have an affordability. You know, issue in this country. So, in your words, you know, what do you think is wrong with our healthcare delivery and payment system, and what do you think payers, i.e., employers, need to be doing differently to get better results for their employees? So, I think we're functionally
0: uninsured is really the right term. You know, if you look, seventy-five percent of Americans late make less than fifty thousand dollars a year. Fifty-seven percent of Americans have less than a thousand in their bank account. Yet, if they have health insurance their deductibles, you know, $3500 to 6000, right? So they're functionally uninsured, and that's an overwhelming issue that's going on today. If you look at the market itself, the difficulty is truly there's no standardization of cost or transparency across across payers, across individuals. And so even, you know, even though Congress came back and said, you know, you have we have this transparency act, you go and look on a hospital's website, you know, look, you have to be a rocket scientist to figure that out. And we understand the system, right? Right. So I think that where we really need to get to is we need to get to a fully transparent consistent baseline system, which, you know, we already have Medicare, so that would be a great starting point. But then from there, there has to be a, you know, really a true transparency where people, when they go in and say, okay, I need a gallbladder. Well, I know that that's a DRG 382. Okay, DRG is a bundled payment, right? We already have bundled payments, right? So, okay, the government pays 5,000. Okay, the hospital that I'm going to says they charge 6,000, is it worth it, right? You know, that information needs to get out there, but the challenge is the incumbents, they don't want it out there, right? They don't wanna share information, so it's a challenge there. What I think employers need to do, you know, you you do a lot of self-funded work with a lot of employers on self-funding. I think, honestly, they need to have more expertise and look at it more as a business than looking at it as this benevolent thing that they do in their organization. To be honest with you, I think that they use that as an excuse. And so kind of ignorance is bliss. If I'm a CFO and I my cost for paper is going up 15% a year, the first thing I'm doing is I'm looking at other vendors and I'm looking at a way to drop that down. But in healthcare, it's perfectly acceptable, which doesn't make any sense, especially as we become less and less efficient. The healthcare industry is one of the only industries in the, in America that actually we get less effective.
1: I agree with a lot of that. I think uh, you know transparency is key, but I think one of the um, you know salient points you mentioned is that employers need to start looking at their healthcare expense and managing it like they would any other business expense. I think one of the challenges is we've kind of delegated that to insured carriers and other you know, third parties who don't really have the same aligned incentives to lower costs that we do. And I, I think that is the, the crux of the problem there. So Shane, let's, let's get into the Hooray Health product and service. How does it work? And what problem are you attempting to solve with this new product?
0: The problem that we're addressing is that you have a huge hourly Population, you know, I said 75% of Americans make less than $50,000 a year, right? We have this huge hourly population. 25% of that population is actually uninsured. And so we really focus on the uninsured market. And they may be fully employed, they may be part time. And if you look at what's happened over the last 10 years, you know, with the ACA it was supposed to really drive higher utilization for health insurance, but it didn't. And so now you see these large employers that have. 100,000 part-time employees, they don't offer them any benefits. So what we did was we created this national network of retail clinics and urgent cares. And we're the only ones that have ever created just a retail clinic and urgent care network, but we created it with fixed pricing. So it's a $25 copay, no balance bill. Every one of my contracts across the United States is exactly the same. What's nice about that is if I make $12 an hour, You know, I can take my child to the urgent care and pay twenty five dollars, and I don't have to worry about a balance bill. Anything under done under that roof—that means, you know, if it's IV, if it's an injection, an X-ray, an ultrasound—you name it. The acuity level is higher in an urgent care. So what's nice about it is, if you go to your PCP, they can't do really any of that, so they're going to send you to really to an emergency room. So. So what we were able to do then is we're able to protect them against that balance bill, incentivize them really to be able to go get care that they need. You know, there's so many horror stories about, you know, there's a great article two months ago about, am I a bad mother? Because I didn't take my daughter to the ER, right? And they're making financial decisions on their health, which is really scary. How our product really works is whether, you know, the employer pays a portion of it, all of it, none of it, we're giving access to a, basically a basic healthcare plan that yep. does not cover hospitalization. It's literally there to say, I'm sick. If I have an accident, uh, we have an accident policy embedded in there that's a, a expense incurred. Mm-hmm. And really to just be able to take care of their basic healthcare needs that allow them to go to the provider. Mm-hmm. And we really simplified this experience because we have a mobile app that centralizes all of our services. We have telemedicine, that $0 consult, unlimited utilization. We have 24, seven bilingual medical concierge, their paramedics and EMTs to kind of walk you through and triage you. If you need the help, we have pharmacy discount embedded in our mobile app. You know, we get the top 10 prescribed drugs, eight of them, less than $10, two of them less than 20. Right. Right. You know, you look at right. a, you look at one of these you know big companies that are selling, they charge you $20 for a copay for a generic, right. You know, we get it less than 10 bucks. And the whole idea is we make it simple. We want it to use. Want them to use it. The majority of our members are millennials, so that's that's how they you know that's how they use things, right? And so um, you know we own the platform, we develop the platform, and uh, we own all of the databases, including our provider network. So you can find MRIs at cash price on our provider app. You can find a provider, the nearest provider. You can call them. You can see what services that they have. Everything's on our mobile app. So and our plan starts at ninety nine dollars.
1: You just said something interesting. The majority of your members right now are millennials. That's not what I would have expected. You know, you're obviously targeting the the, the part time workforce. You know, who may not be eligible for major medical benefits, right? How is it that um, the majority of those members are, are millennials as opposed to, you know, maybe older Gen Xers like me, you know, that are working part time? How did that come to be?
0: When you look at the the new gig economy, mm-hmm. you know, there's a lot of Companies out there, we work with a lot of ten ninety nine groups, and uh, you know, so they're independent contractors, and they're millennials that they're like, look, I don't, I don't want a nine to five. I want to be able to work when I work. I'm a programmer. I'm a marketer. I'm a, and so that's a big part of it. But you know, we also serve a huge population that is the full time hourly employee, twelve to fifteen dollars, and they opt out of the major medical because they can't afford it. So we offer a our product with a minimum essential coverage bolt on. To make it an ACA qualified plan, it's very attractive because the typical, you know, MEC is what, you know, you know the, the term, it really looked on derogatory because, I mean, it's a cheap, cheap alternative. It gets them out of the penalty, but it, there's really no value. Well, with us, you get all the value of the urgent care retail clinic visits, the wellness visit, you get, you know, the accident policy, you get the mobile app, you get the telemedicine. So we bundled all that together and it's actually a really nice benefit.
1: I think one of the the nuances, you know, I would imagine, you know, a lot of people, you know, listening to this show, employers, you know, brokers and consultants, they're probably thinking more of like a, a traditional major medical plan where there's, uh, you know, co and and whatnot. But this is this is more of a an indemnity product. So do you want to just cover, make sure our audience understands the difference between that versus a regular benefit plan that may have deductibles and coinsurance.
0: So we're a fixed indemnity plan, which means that we are a fully insured plan, but we pay a fixed amount. And we're the first ones to ever build a, a provider network contracted to a fixed indemnity. So it really feels like a PPO network, but it's still a fixed indemnity. We're focused on just the basic healthcare needs. Now, when you look at a major medical, they're really focused on, hey, pregnancy, surgery, you know, major life events, cancer, stuff like that. And that's what they're there for. But, you know, what I said in the beginning of the show, we don't compete against major medical because Mm. our population can't afford major medical. And so instead of going really bare, if you would, with no insurance, at least this way, they have a basic plan to get them and their kids in and to see a doctor when they need care.
1: Yep, and completely predictable, right? They know. In ad-
0: great word. Yep.
1: N- known in advance. If I have to go to the doctor, this is what it's going to cover. Or for A- n- exactly. Yep. Yeah. And then any ancillary services when they go to that urgent care or retail clinic, like uh, lab or X-rays, that that included as well.
0: That's all included if okay. it's done under that roof. See, that's why you know when you look at retail clinics, urgent cares. What's so nice about them is they all have the CLIA tests, right? Uh, CLIA wave tests, and then they. All the urgent cares have, they actually have x-ray, they have IV, they have ability to stitch you up, they can put you in a sling, they can do all of these things, right? And they're open on weekends, they're open till 8 p.m. at night, you know, so it's really, it's a really nice service So, Yeah, but if you go to one of our contracted providers, the lab, the, any service done in there is actually included in that $25 copay, which is really
1: special. I believe you guys have a, a basic plan and a buy-up plan. So can you explain what is the difference between the basic versus the buy-up? The basic is
0: a wellness visit that you get reimbursed for, or if you you know go to one of our providers, you get five annual visits per member for the uh, retail clinic urgent care. And then there's a $5,000 accident policy. And so that's just our basic plan, right? A, a lot of um, younger people, that's what they go for, right? Because yep. it's $99. Then you have the plus option, which is a hospital indemnity buy-up. So you get all of the basic features for another $60. You get a $2,000 confinement benefit, then $1,000 for your hospital stay, $1,500 for surgery or maternity. um, And then there's a $10,000 inpatient accident policy in there as well. And what's nice about that is we can use that as a supplement to a major medical as well. Because if I've got a $10,000 deductible... What's really nice is our plan, you know, we'll take care of all those basic, that basic care for 160 bucks. And if you have a $10,000 deductible, you know, you're probably paying, you know, $150. So it actually kind of evens it out.
1: <laughs> a $10,000 deductible. I mean, that's just laughable that there are actually policies out there. Oh, with a ten-
0: there's t- 12 and 15,000 now.
1: That is incredible. And it's a sign of how, how badly things have gone wrong. I mean, truly. Tell us a little bit more about the concierge support, because I think that is a, a, a unique benefit. I mean, oftentimes, I think one of the biggest challenges people have is navigating the system and, and knowing where to go. So can you just talk to us a little bit more about the concierge service, how it's set up, how people know what number to call, and, and when somebody does call, what is the, the process from there?
0: It is definitely a competitive advantage for us. So it's a U.S.-based partner that we have. Um, they're paramedics and EMTs. You find on our mobile app the center button. You press that, and it calls the medical concierge. They're paramedics, EMTs. They will triage you and walk through, and they'll you know they'll. So I'll give you a great example. So we had a member that called in for they fell off the horse. They think she breaks her her leg, and so excruciating pain is swelling up. So they start asking questions. Okay, so do you see any blood? No you know, there's no bone or anything between? No. Okay. So that means it's probably non-displaced. Is it malaligned in any way? Nope. It's, it's just swelling up and bruising. Okay. Can she wiggle her toes? Great. So as you walk through that, so it's a non-displaced, probably malleolar fracture. And so here's what you do. Go to the urgent care. They're going to take an x-ray, confirm that it's broken and non-displaced. Then they're going to put you in a, um, a splint You're going to elevate and ice for the next five days. The orthopedic surgeon does not want to see you for five days because he can't put a cast on until the swelling goes down. What would most people do? Go to the ER, right? Go to the ER. Now now you got a three to $4,000 bill. So they go to the urgent care our paramedics, EMTs, this is what they do, right? This is what they've done their whole career. They're very calm, they're understanding, right? They're, they're they're there to take care of the airway, the breathing and the circulation. That's what they're trained to do. So then they they look up the nearest urgent care and they say, okay, there's a prime healthcare five miles from where you're at. If you go on the mobile app, you can put it or I'll give you the address right now and put it in your phone and then take them over there. And then they fax that triage report over to the provider just to let them yep. know that you're coming.
1: Love that. You know, obviously a better solution than sitting in an ER room for, you know, a couple of hours and, you know, coming back with a huge bill that you weren't expecting. One of the things that uh, I think you talked about is one of the problems is, you know, getting bills that maybe you weren't expected. And and you were a smart enough consumer to be able to negotiate that bill. But like you said, most people will either just pay it or ignore it. So you guys do have a medical bill negotiation service as part of your platform. So can you talk to a little bit about that?
0: Yeah. So if you go out of our network, so um, we have a couple different carriers that we work with, and one of our carriers, if we um, if we have a more mature population, we added a couple physician visits and you know MRI coverage, or a couple other things. And so if they go into uh, let's say a PCP's office and they want a, a wellness visit, they'll get a bill, a balance bill. We'll pay up to a certain amount whatever's, you know, whatever the uh, amount is that we're contracted or not contracted, excuse me, what our policy states, and then there'll be a balanced bill. Well, what they'll do is the consumer then can take the bill, they can call our company, that billing company, and then they'll help them negotiate that down. So we just assist them in that. And that way they get more of a cash pay price than, you know, because even the, the trouble with a lot of networks is, you know, it's happened over the last 10 years is they'll do a percentage of bill charges, which, if you can tell me what a bill bill charges, I mean, that's the, that's the wizard behind the curtain. Right. <laughs> right so, right. So, uh, so anyway, so we chose to go that route.
1: You talked about affordability being a big part of the goal. So you mentioned $99, but you know, what does this cost for a fa- for a family uh, on a monthly basis compared to say like a traditional insurance plan?
0: If you compare it to a traditional health plan, there's, you know, that you're talking apples and oranges, but our plan for a family, right. our $99 plan for an individual For a member spouse, it's um, 149. For a member children, unlimited children, it's 139. And for a family, it's 229. You know, the employers, our average employer pays 75% of our, our premium. Because when you look at the competitive landscape today, you know, they need to have some type of differentiator. And this is an easy way to do that when you're in that population. But it's good because you're able to at least get them the care that they need. Again, the accident policy is a great policy. It's a $5,000 accident policy that's embedded in our plan and it is no deductible and it's paid at hundred percent of usual customary. And, you know, we're different than a lot of other carriers out there plans. If you look at our pricing compared to other, other plans on the market, you know, we're 30% less and we, um, and we're very proud of that. We, we really live our mission statement. That's why we're here
1: let's talk about the the consumer experience for for a second are you guys uh doing anything to measure consumer satisfaction with the product um tracking anything like NPS?
0: we actually are just getting ready to roll out NPS now okay so we're we're kind of getting at a a point from a scale standpoint as you i'm sure you can appreciate where we're really looking at engaging uh, our members on a whole other level so we're uh NPS is one of them. And then the other one is we're using a software platform to work with our, um, our call center to where when we, we find out that you have used an urgent care. So in 2020, you're going to get a call from our, our concierge or not our concierge, our call center people asking, how was the experience? Can you go to Google, tell us how it was, but trying to learn from that and see how we can do so we can make sure that we start ramping up those Google scores.
1: You guys are a relatively new vendor in the marketplace, having launched in 2018. So, mm-hmm. you know, how many clients and members do you currently have? Just over 5,000 today. Okay.
0: Um, so right. we're, uh, you know, we've got we've got a lot of large opportunities coming up in the next in the in uh, the next year that uh, we're pretty excited about, and uh, we're uh, we're getting into now that we've been around and a little more established, we're getting into a lot of um, these larger, especially the retail market. That's where right. they have a huge part-time population that they're trying to f- really figure out a solution for. So, um, so our target next year is to be a little over twenty-five thousand.
1: And this is an underserved market that you're looking to work with you know, a lot of times I think the part-time employees get forgotten. And and most of what we talk about on this show is, you know, entirely devoted to, you know, full-time employees, you know, in the employer-sponsored health plan with an afterthought given to those part-time employees and, you know, how they're, you know, potentially accessing care or, you know, you know, not caring or not. Right. Exactly. In your mind, who is this a good fit for? who is it not a good fit for I mean you reach you mentioned retail are there are there other industries or segments that you think that you're you're a really good fit for
0: yeah so hospitality uh, you know you've got large hospitality groups out there that have thousands and thousands of employees that are cleaning and you know the housekeeping that's they're making 12 15 bucks an hour that you know they have zero participation for health benefits um you've got restaurants restaurant groups are great we do we work with a lot of restaurant groups you know retail space is a, a really good place for us especially now that you see a lot more you know we'll see, we'll see a lot of teachers that are you know retire you know and they're in the government space Well, they start when they're 22. well they get out when they're, you know, 50, they retire, right? Cause they got 30 years, 30, you know? So they're like, what do I do with myself? So they're working part-time. And so this is a really nice benefit for them to supplement. Um, so, I mean, those are great spots. I think we, uh, we do really well in security, construction, anywhere where you have a large population that is either part-time Or if they're hourly making between, you know, really eight dollars to you know twenty dollars an hour, because Mm -hmm. that that space right now, not only is it growing, you know, it's predicted to grow by over thirty percent over the next ten years, but it's um, it's really important because it's so competitive today, right? How do I get differentiate and bring somebody in? And there's some good statistics out there when you look at turnover because. If you offer health benefits to a part-time employee, you've got a 60% chance of keeping them three years or more because as the, as the workforce continues to change and evolve, you see a lot more people working two, three jobs. They're going to keep the one job that has, allows them to have health benefits.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, and anything to reduce turnover. Turnover is a killer for any organization. So anything to help reduce turnover, I think, is a good thing. Um, Let's talk about geography. I mean, are you guys available nationally? Are you any limitations to where an employer, you know, can implement your, your product?
0: Yeah. So we, um, we base everything off large employers with their site of state. So a lot of times it's Delaware, so we're good to go. But, um, there's a couple states where are that, uh, that we're not able to operate in, um, in the sense that if the site of state is based out of, uh, Washington, Maine, Idaho, Montana, Vermont, Oh, New York, so there's a couple states, but other than that, we've got good coverage uh, availability for large employers, but. What happens though is even though so let's say it's a Texas state or a side of state, all of their employees in every state, including California, can be covered under our plan, and we have uh, we have coverage with our provider network in forty-seven states. We're almost to four thousand locations, so it's a pretty robust. When we when we look at national groups, we're usually in the high eighties, low nineties for coverage within twenty miles. So it's right. actually really good.
1: Are there any obstacles you've encountered to an employer saying, you know, yes to to implementing your service so far?
0: Yeah, absolutely. You know, one of the things that we do with every implementation is we do a post-mortem on it and really look at, okay, what worked, what didn't work. And uh, we've really refined that. And so when when you have a, especially a large employer, Mm -hmm. um, the small employers are easy. They're excited. You know, we were able to manage everything for them. Large employers, you know, I mean, if they have 20,000 part-time employees, they're thinking, okay, my team is, I got a team of three, how do I manage this, right? Right. We're able to go in really and manage it from start to finish, from the marketing all the way to the enrollment to help them where we have an implementation meeting, we have everything mapped out, checklists, and they're really actually really excited. It kind of takes that burden off of them. So historically, the no was, this is gonna take too much of my time. Now we've got it to where, hey, look, it's easy to deploy. We actually do a lot of off-cycle enrollments for large corporations. You know, if you look at a, an employer, they don't want to confuse the full-time and part-time benefits. Yeah. So we're able actually to hone in on the part-time population, message to them. You know, we've got uh, we've got a lot of marketing assets that we can use, you know, voice drops and emails and text messages. And, uh, you know, we're very technology uh, savvy here. So... That was initially what the the pushback was. And so we've overcome that.
1: Yeah. I would imagine marketing is is probably a, a big, you know, component to, you know, creating awareness. While we think that most employees, you know, have access to email, we still encounter many employers where it's challenging if that's the only way you're trying to communicate. So have you guys dealt with that, with implementing to that part-time workforce where maybe they don't all have access to computers and how are you how are you connecting with them
0: the best way is text message and voice drops and so what we'll do is like we're implementing with a, a large corporation right now and their coo is like the face of their organization everybody loves this guy he's high energy so we're doing voice you know you do voice messages with them you do video you get the text messages to go to a landing page right there's just you just click it we can actually send them a text message Hey, uh, Company X uh, is very excited to offer you an enrollment. You can click here. And we can literally go to that landing page, and all of their stuff is pre-populated. They can literally enroll right there, opt out there. We can um, have it to where they can schedule a call with somebody. Uh, you know, we obviously prefer face to face, but you know, in this population, sometimes yeah. it's really difficult. The other part that's really hard is. Um, or that where we've been successful that can be hard is how do they communicate successfully and that's part of our implementation process and so uh, you know facebook has a um, has a service for a social media service directly for companies to communicate and uh, we found that that's a very successful tool to utilize and so you know it's just it's all about learning with us right yep. but yep. Uh, but those are the things that you know i emails i want to say 20% of them get read but we get a pretty much 99% of our text messages get read.
1: You know, without a doubt, while, while some types of employees may not have access to computers in that, that work setting, you know, the restaurant industry comes to mind, but everybody's got a cell phone, right? Yeah, everybody has a cell and it's not a, just
0: a cell phone. It's a smartphone. <laughs> That's right.
1: You know, Shane, we've, we've talked about quite a lot. What are you most excited about right now in your business? Any, any improvements or enhancements to, to the product that you'd like to tell the audience about?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So we're uh, next year we're coming out with version three of our mobile app, which is uh, gonna be a, have a lot more integrated functions in it with so today you press a button, you call our telemedicine We'll have video integration uh, with single sign-on next year. Uh, we're integrating with Uber next year. Um, I don't know if you've ever been sick on the road, but oh my gosh. I've had it happen twice—one in Atlanta, one in New Jersey—and both times it would have been nice to have Uber to take me someplace. So we're doing that. We've got—we're doing some other creative things, Um, and so that's really some enhancements for next year. And then the other thing next year, we're we're focusing on some alter—not alternative, some supplements, alternative supplements for high deductible health plans that we can lay under as again the the deductibles keep getting higher and higher. So how do we? How do we integrate with that and offer an employer a very cost-effective way to kind of, as a non-coordinating gap product, if you would. So we're working with our carriers right now and our brokers really to develop some new products we're, we're really excited about.
1: Shane, if there was one question that I should have asked you, but I didn't, what would it be?
0: Why are we better than our competitors? Is probably the best. That's probably the best question. All right, sure. There you go. And really the, the reason we're better than our competitors and we're, we're a lot more engaging is that. Um, we we've really simplified not only the process but we took out what the pain point is and what everybody's fears that balance bill and that's the issue and so our provider network is really our competitive advantage and so by you know the the mobile app and the 24-hour customer service 24-hour medical concierge all of those things are ancillary benefits that support the provider network and that's really our competitive advantage so that's the only thing i would say
1: so how can people interested in uh, Hooray Health learn more about uh, the product and get in touch with you guys?
0: one 6 7 hooray If you want to call in and uh, you can ask for me or you can ask for our sales team, and we're happy to talk to you. On LinkedIn, our hashtag is hashtag Hooray Health. You go to our website at
1: hoorayhealthcare.com. All and right. uh, we're excited to work with uh, uh, employers and brokers alike. Very good. Very good. Well, on behalf of our listeners and myself, I want to thank you for taking time out of your day to, uh, you know, spend some time with us. I think uh, this is probably the first podcast interview we've done really with a focus outside of of full-time employees. It's good perspective for, you know, benefits consultants like myself to realize that, hey, there's a portion of employer populations that we shouldn't be forgetting about and, and that we should be trying to serve as well. So thanks for the discussion, Shane. Really appreciate it.
0: Yeah. Thanks, Mike. I really appreciate you having me on. And i love to be the first.
1: <laughs> there you go. All right. To our listeners, we hope you enjoyed this episode of Reconstructing Healthcare. And with that, we'll sign off wherever you're at. We hope you have a great day and we'll talk to you next time. Thanks for listening to this episode of Reconstructing Healthcare. If you like what you heard here, please subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast app so you never miss an episode. If you're interested in continuing the conversation, please visit us at www.reconstructinghealthcare.com where you can access the show notes for this episode and links to Hooray Health's website and contact information. Lastly, be sure to check out some of the free resources on our website, including links to recent articles and books, including a new book by Marty McCari, which I highly recommend. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time on the Reconstructing Healthcare podcast.